You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. Earlier this year, there was a lot of buzz about this thing called NFTs. I like to stay current. I think y'all like uh, to stay current. And if, if you uh, count on me for, for staying current, good for you. Um, and that's a shame at the same time. But anyway, uh, so the NFTs, everyone's talking about. Have you heard of NFTs? Anybody? Okay. A couple of people, yes. And then other people, no. Um, and I'm not talking about the National Federation of Tree Frogs, if that's what you thought I was talking about. So uh, NFTs stands for non-fungible token. This term has been all over the news recently, but most people don't know what it is, including me. But that is not going to stop me from trying to explain it to you. So hold on to your Zooms, because I'm about to put the fun in fungible. These days, you know that something's definitely gone more mainstream when it's talked about on The Ellen Show. Trevor Noah of The Daily Show also talked about it. You've heard about NFTs. You probably know that it's the latest hot trend that teenagers have to explain to their parents and grandparents and boyfriends. But this trend also has big money behind it. The new craze breaking out in the crypto world, and it's all about crypto collectibles. Non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, are exploding in popularity. In February alone, NFT sales hitting $340 million. That's up from $12 million in December. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Now, in economics, fungible means you can trade one identical unit for another. Think a, a dollar bill, gold, oil, or Bitcoin. Non-fungible means it's unique. It can't be replaced. In music, the Kings of Leon releasing an NFT-only album. In social media, Jack Dorsey's first tweet selling for nearly $3 million. The art world just turned upside down with the sale of this digital collage entitled The First 5,000 Days, a work that took 13 years to create. It sold Thursday in an auction for $69.3 million. That's right. Move over, GameStop. There's a new confusing internet money thing in town. In that clip we just heard from The Daily Show were sound bites from NBC, CNBC, CNN, Good Morning America, ABC, and NBC. So what are NFTs, these non-fungible tokens? I was curious about the whole thing myself, which is why I've asked Kaku, a Taiwan-based DJ, to be my guest on this podcast. He's a trailblazer in the NFT space, the first influencer not only from Taiwan, but from Asia to get into the NFT market. I did some research in advance to prepare for this interview, as I do when dealing with a topic that I'm less familiar with. But as you'll hear in this interview, I was learning all about NFTs as Kaku spoke to me. After the interview, I did some further research and re-listened to this interview as part of the editing process. That's when I noticed that each time I listened to the interview, I picked up on something new. So, if you're really interested in learning more about NFTs, I encourage you to listen to this episode more than once to really understand what's being discussed. Also, check out the links to resources and articles that I've included in the Talking Taiwan show notes for this episode. And Kaku gives some great advice on how to understand what NFTs are. One last thing. NFTs present an exciting opportunity, but they are still in uncharted territory. Ultimately, it is your responsibility to safeguard your own assets, to do your own research, and to protect yourself. Without further ado, here's my interview with Kaku. Welcome to the podcast, Kaku. Hey, thank you for having me. 
Wonderful. So this is the Talking Taiwan podcast. So could you start by telling me about your upbringing and your connection to Taiwan? Yeah, so I'm actually half Taiwanese and half Japanese. And uh, I grew up in Tokyo, um, born and raised. Um, and then I moved to the Bay Area when I was still pretty young, around like nine. And uh, after college, I actually moved to Taiwan um, to pursue a non-music career, actually, um, because my dad lived here. And uh, mm -hmm. just kind of slowly ended up getting into the music scene. I was always a DJ um, from college, I guess, but mm -hmm. wasn't trying to pursue that career out here, but it just kind of ended up that way. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So then how did that happen? How did you end up getting into DJing and making that a career? Well, in college, I was just, you know, doing house parties and I was kind of like a sought after DJ, but, um, mm. you know, I wasn't really like trying to do it professionally. Um, and then when I got to Taiwan, um, when I started going out here, like, to be honest, back then the music wasn't, you know, up to par, like standard wise for me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, on the weekends, maybe I could just DJ for fun, meet some new people, you know, and then, um, you know, and I, I started going out, um, giving out my mixtapes initially and I got hired by this really like um I would say like big club at, at that time called Spark mm -hmm. and just got a residency right away and then um slowly I just started to tour like right away mm -hmm. uh, not, not not right away like slowly just started to like kind of like get into this the, the um the industry just mm -hmm. like because I was like starting to tour and you know and it, it just like kind of happened all naturally I was trying to hold two jobs for a long time but it just didn't work out that way. I kind of had to decide whether or not I should pursue music like a hundred percent or not, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that happened about seven years ago now. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What were you studying in college? I was actually a business major and oh, wow. uh, I was studying marketing and also kind of why I'm, you know, a little bit different than other, I would say DJs in Asia. I kind of treat my brand like a lot more than like a DJ brand, you know? Mm. So and I think um, growing up in the States definitely has made me a little bit more different than um, a lot of the artists out in Taiwan. So how how so different? Because I don't know anything about the DJing space. This is really interesting to me. Well, you know, um, because I feel like a lot of the artists um, in Asia, especially DJs, they follow the trends of, you know, the West, right? America uh -huh. or Europe. Um, and I, because I grew up in America, I already have like a different taste in music. And mm -hmm. as well as like, you know, me catching trends, it's usually a lot faster. And I'm also kind of like an underground DJ per se, right? So mm -hmm. like, I think like I'm in, in that in that sense, a trendsetter more so. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think like, you know, like when I perform out here in Asia, I'm already like, you know, super different style wise, mm -hmm. music wise. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. like that's kind of like made me stand out, you know? Oh, great. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so... Were you, um, do you play any musical instruments? Like, are you a musician or? I'm actually not a classically trained musician by oh, okay. trade. Um, I did, I did, you know, pick up piano, just like any, I feel like any other Asian kid, like my, <laughs> you know, like my, my parents definitely tried to make me do that, but I wasn't really yeah. interested in music at an early age. I love listening to music. Hmm. I was always a collector of music, um, mm -hmm. in, you know, in uh, middle school, high school, I did try to play drums. I was in a jazz band for a bit, but mm -hmm. I didn't really like, like, I would say like jazz music that much, mm -hmm. right? Like I love listening mm -hmm. to it, but I didn't have a passion for playing it. Right. So I think like af as I was kind of going through high school, listening to, 
you know, just music, like, you know, any, any teenager, um, I started to, I think, like, get more interested in music. And when I got to college, that's when I really wanted to start DJing, um, just for fun. And um, yeah. found out that I was actually pretty decent. And then just kind of like, started playing all the college parties, like I said earlier. And yeah, yeah it just kind of happened naturally. I, I wasn't like, pursuing a music career or anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, what would you say is your, um, your earliest musical influences or your musical taste? Wow. Well, this is this is definitely different because when I was growing up in Japan, I wasn't really exposed to American music, uh -huh. you know, um, but my mom was a huge fan of the Beatles. So mm. I, I listened to the Beatles a lot when I was a kid. And then I think when I moved to America, that's when I started really liking music. But I was pretty heavily influenced by hip hop just because mm -hmm. I grew up in the Bay Area and you know, there's a lot of like local Bay Area, like hip hop talent. So I started listening to that at a pretty young age. West Coast rap, I loved uh, since I was uh, young as well. So I, I think I started on kind of hip hop roots. Because mm -hmm. initially when I started as a DJ, like I was a hip hop DJ as well. This is so interesting to me. Like, what is it like being a DJ? Like, what, paint a picture. <laughs> like, what's your life like? It sounds like so jet setting uh, and glamorous and high energy. Well, I mean, that's what I imagine know, it to be. Pre-COVID, I would be able to tell you that it's a uh, more exciting life. And, uh, yeah. but it, it, you know, it is also very stressful. You know, it's not as glamorous mm -hmm. as people make a scene. You know, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not this like, you know, Tiesto or Steve Aoki yet. You know <laughs> what I mean? So but but again, like, you know, I am, you know, I, I am fairly experienced. I've been in the scene for over a decade now, you know, at least in Asia. So I do know everybody in the industry. So for me, it was more like, you know, when I tour, I'm pretty blessed. Um, I, I do tour probably more than more than most DJs in, in, in Asia. So I am pretty blessed and I do have a lot of friends all over um, the world. So it's more like when I tour, you know, I just try to catch up with my friends that I haven't seen in, you know, ye you know years or months or whatever it may be. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a pretty fun lifestyle, but also stressful because we do have to keep our um, ourselves pretty disciplined because when we mm -hmm. get back home or we're on the road, mm -hmm. uh, we have to make music as well, right? So it's not just like this like party lifestyle that people make mm -hmm. the scene, you know? And mm -hmm. uh you do have to sustain your, you know, career, your clout, you know, your popularity, I guess, in order for you to continue to get booked. So right. it is it is very stress, stressful, you know. Yeah, I'm sure because you have to be like high energy. You have to be mm -hmm. on all the time. And right. Yeah. Right. Um, do you have ambitions to be like a Tiesto? <laughs> um, I think everybody has ambitions yeah. to be, to be uh, you know, bigger than they are. Right. But mm -hmm. But for me, like, you know, I chose kind of like a music path uh, where I don't really play like or make like very, very commercial music, you know? So mm -hmm. my, my path is a little bit I like see. longer. It's a little bit mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And also being an Asian uh, artist that there's a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, there's a lot of um, roadblocks as well mm -hmm. that we have, we really? have, uh, we have to face definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that the market in Asia has definitely matured the past, uh, I would say mm -hmm. five, six years. So, mm -hmm. You know, I think we're on the right path. I mean, we're seeing more and more Asian artists um, and entertainers more than ever. So I think we are in a really good period for us to really grow. So I think um, all the work that I put in and, you know, my other peers have put in the past decade has really starting to, to show, you know, even in Asia. So. 
Yeah, it's an upper trajectory. I was wondering if your comments were more so being an Asian or being in Asia, but um, maybe it's the I same. Think, I think being Asian in general is definitely uh, something that is, uh, well, Asian entertainment is something that, that isn't like, you know, it's it's still new. I would say it's still quite fresh. Like I'm, I'm seeing more Asian Americans yeah. like on TV more than ever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, so I think like that's a challenge that we all have to overcome. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, there there is a difference. Like being from Asia, it's even more of a challenge yeah. because like it's like how do you connect with the Western world, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why like you know I, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it later, but that's why for me, um, kind of getting into the NFT scene was very very um, good for my career at least, and I think it's kind of like allowing me to connect with a completely different um, fan base and, uh, yeah. and finding a lot of success in the space. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So how has the pandemic affected um, what you do? Oh, man, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't I cannot begin to tell you how awful and how uh, terrible Aww. it's been for Aww. for myself, but not but for everybody in, in the industry. Yeah. You know? um, and it's it's been really rough. It's been, t- you know, because you have to understand um, us musicians, um, who are not in like the top 5%, um, yeah. do not make money off of streaming. Right. So mm-hmm. for us, we, we, um, have to release music in order mm-hmm. to stay relevant, but mm-hmm. we make our money like hundred percent on, um, on shows. So when the pandemic right. hit, like we, we basically lost our jobs, you know, and every yeah. DJ will attest to this. It's, it's been really tough and, uh, having to kind of like shift from just, you know, touring to, you know, for me, it was like live streaming and, you know, not not like making even close to what I usually make uh, income wise. It's, it's, it was tough, you know, and it, it was like a it was an adjustment that I think nobody was ready for. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't think anybody predicted COVID to last this long or to spread this wide. I wanted to ask you, like, what your musical style is like. I'm a pretty diverse DJ. Um, I You know, uh, I'm an open format DJ, meaning I play all kinds of genres. Um, if you've ever watched my live streams which you know i'm kind of getting known for right now because i can't you know because i can't tour i -hmm. kind of shifted my focus on live streaming so i've been doing this for about a year and it's been really um taking off actually um but doing these uh streams i like play for like you know upwards of four to six hours you know a couple times a week Mm -hmm. and then i play all kinds of genres and uh you know that's something that i'm like kind of um I would say that's kind of like my signature. You know, I don't really nice. like try to box myself into uh, one category. Mm-hmm. I would like to show my diversity as a DJ. So mm-hmm. with that said, my music production is also very diverse. Like I, I, I was initially known in the scene as making this genre called Jersey Club. I still am, but I have kind of like expanded beyond Jersey Club. Uh, Jersey Club is this, um, this type of genre that actually originates from um, New Jersey. And uh, mm-hmm. it's got this very um, unique three, four kick pattern. Um, and then, yeah, it just gets the floor moving. Um, and that's that's kind of like how I got known. Here's a clip from Kaku of the Jersey Club genre.
make uh, trap music. I make house. I make a bunch of different stuff, you know. So it just doesn't. It just really matters. Uh, it just depends on who I collaborate with, or whatever I'm feeling at that moment. Um, yeah. I mean, I make Latin music as well. Last year, I dropped this really、um, amazing track that you know everyone's still talking about called "Pass Out," and it's with this、um, my my really my really good friend Diddy Gritty. He、uh, amazing producer. He actually won a Latin Grammy with Diplo and Bad Bunny a few years ago. But、uh, we actually went on tour together right before the pandemic, and really vibed well with each other. And we decided to make a this collaboration. And、uh, we didn't want to make a, a typical like you know just like an EDM banger per se. So、uh, I had a lot you know I have some connections in Korea. So we were able to recruit this legendary rapper、um, named Geiko, and so he was able to hop on this track, and、uh, it kind of became like a hit in Korea. And yeah, it's still like one of my most popular tracks till this day. It's called、uh, "Pass Out." I also have this new track coming out called Blink.、Uh, everybody's been trying to get me to drop this for a long time, but、uh, it, it was really difficult to actually get get a label to sign it. So it took us about six to I think six months to get it signed. But we've had the song done for about a year, and、wow. we actually just got it signed a couple weeks ago. And it's with、uh, Free Kill,、uh, my friend from France, and then LV, who is. Uh, amazing vocalist, and she's really killing it right now.、Um, and she's on records with like Slander, Excision, legendary DJs, and、uh, we were blessed enough to get her on our track. So that's coming out sometime in December, and、uh, I think it's probably one of my best songs to date. So I'm very excited to finally get this out and、uh, letting you guys hear a little preview on the show. <laughs>
great. Thank you for that. Really happy to have that exclusive. So I actually came across you because I was just um, looking around Clubhouse a couple months ago, earlier this year, and I saw something that said the first DJ from Asia uh, to get into the NFT market. And um, I hopped in because I had just heard about NFTs and like um, listened in on your conversation. Um, and so I, that's why I really wanted to bring you on the podcast also because NFTs are such a hot topic and a very confusing topic. Um, very right, controversial. Right. <laughs> it is. It is definitely controversial, but I think it's for, you know, there's a lot of people that are like not just not familiar with blockchain technology, you know, and like I, I'm going to have to say like, you know, at the beginning of this year, I, de I was definitely like, I've heard of NFTs, but I didn't really like research it. You know, it wasn't until I met uh, the Origin Protocol guys who are, you know, like one of the leaders of the NFT market. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just happened to be in Taiwan. We were linked through uh, some mutual friends and he kind of told me what was going on. And like, mm -hmm. um, and he told me like, you know, there's this uh, DJ who is pretty much like the number one DJ, I would say in crypto and NFTs, uh, Blau. Huh. And he was about to do a drop with them. And that's kind of how I started kind of like going down the rabbit hole per se. <laughs> and, uh, and I found that, you know, blockchain technology, as well as the NFT market is really helping artists, um, you know, um, artists and musicians. And I, I just like kind of like got hooked right away. You know, I was like, wow, this is like really fresh, really interesting. And it's another way of like, you know, for us to get our art out there. So that's, that's how, that's how it sparked my interest. Hmm. So can you tell my audience in your own words, um, plain language, what is an F NFT? Yeah. Uh, NFT stands for non fungible token. Right. And I think like the best way I can describe it is like this. Um, all, all NFTs, non fungible tokens are on listed on a blockchain. So let's say you buy a piece of a uh, digital art online. Um, it's all protected by ledger on a blockchain, right? So for me, like as a musician, let's say I drop a song, right? Like the copyright will be on this blockchain forever. So that's, that's why it really sparked my interest, you know, and from somebody that doesn't really understand like, uh, NFTs, uh, just think of it as kind of like a ledger, like a contract that is protected by this blockchain technology. And like, you know, it's, it's very hard to counterfeit. So for me, like, you know, being like someone that makes like music, like, I love hearing this, you know, like, and it kind of, kind of like for us cuts out the middleman. Cause like, I'm telling you like us working with labels sometimes and like having to wait for so long to release a track or, you know, like us not making enough money from labels. Mm -hmm. I just initially mm -hmm. just thought, Oh, NFT is perfect for what I'm trying to do. Let's just release my songs as an NFT and just give it, give it straight to, to my fan base. Right. So that's why mm -hmm. like, it really like started to, you know, get my, get my brain working. You know, NFTs is exciting because there's, there's so much, um, so many ways you can use NFTs. It's not just like digital art and like this profile picture project that people are like, you know, obviously like heavily hooked on right now. You know, people are mm -hmm. moving into the gaming space. Um, just there's so, there's so many utilities that you can like kind of like, yeah, just so many usage for it. Yeah, utility is not the right word. Usage uh, for NFTs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's interesting what you say that you think that it helps artists because I mean, of course, I've heard the um, some negative things like saying like people can actually like 
it's another way for people to pirate things. Like supposedly um, William Shatner's uh, tweets have been Mm-hmm. made into nfts by other people who are profiting off of his yeah so like that's that. that's exactly you're, you're exactly right you know I, I think like you know with any new technology there's always going to be these gray areas and i think like because nfts um blockchain technology is still at its like early stages they're mm-hmm. gonna have to figure out a way where they do you know they do um protect people's copyright right so I think like that that's that's the part where you know it gets kind of iffy but I think they're they're trying to figure it out right now you know what I mean mm-hmm. so and I think like w- what it's going to take is more uh bigger companies which it's already happening to move into the space and legitimize it if that makes sense mm-hmm. so that there yeah. is more regulations right yeah um so it's very interesting have you always been an early adopter of new technology or concepts like this um, I've always been a early adop- uh, adopter in the sense of like arts and music. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So mm-hmm. naturally, I was attracted to the NFT market. Like, I mean, I knew about crypto back in 2012, but I just it just didn't spark my interest because mm-hmm. one, I'm not I just I'm not a big finance guy. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a marketer, so I'm a right. creative guy. So I just never really like it. Just never really like spoke to me. But when I found out found out about NFTs and kind of like how the art space is growing through the nfts that's when i really started um it started sparking my interest you know what i mean and like now i'm like so deep in the community it's like you know i'm meeting so many creative people through um through through this community right so i think it's giving me a lot of uh fresh ideas and that's why i really appreciate the nft community so much Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that being connected in the community can kind of help if there is something that happens, like let's say somebody plagiarizes or um, pirates something of yours? Like, what recourse would you have? Or do you think because you're connected in the community, you would well, have more resources to deal with that? Well, the thing is, people already without NFTs are pirating music left and yeah. right. Okay, so right. I mean that's not that's not anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. However. Mm-hmm. What's different about NFTs and blockchain technology is that you literally, when you mint your songs, let's just say, right, mm-hmm. on the blockchain, right? And I really don't care if people pirate it because at the end of the day, um, we're giving ownership to our fan base, like of our music, right? That's kind of like the idea behind like music NFTs right now. So I don't, we don't really care who pirates it per se, but who owns the actual music. That's what, that's what matters to us the most, right? Because right now, like, for example, Blau, Blau is a great example. I mean, he's kind of like the leader for, at least for us musicians and DJs right now for the NFT market. And uh, he recently sold his album. And uh, whoever bought his album as an NFT gets a percentage of the royalties of the song. So anytime Mm -hmm. it gets streamed or uh, sold, uh, whoever bought the original piece gets a cut. You know, and that's 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 amazing. Right. For the for the uh, for his fan base that purchased it. And uh, yeah, and I think I'm, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, it's like a new way of kind of, you know, selling your music, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how does that work? So does that mean like if you have a song, then you would uh, mint X number of NFTs? Right. You cap it. Right. Uh-huh. And then see. like when it, when it goes on the streaming platforms, mm-hmm. only the people who've purchased it initially gets a cut mm-hmm. of the royalties from the streaming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's 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 pretty cool. Um, it's still at so again, like I, I, you know, I'm I'm still quite new at, in, in this industry as well, right? And I am also um, learning about this right now as I mm-hmm. go. 
But this whole uh, music streaming and uh, tied into NFTs is still quite new. Like, there's only yeah. like a couple companies out there, um, such as like Audius, who mm-hmm. is probably like the, in the forefront. They're like the SoundCloud of uh, the NFT space, right? And uh, they tokenize their music. So when you you know when you hit a certain benchmark in streaming, you get like a like their coin, like their token, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes up in value. So I think like those those so there's a lot of like different approaches. That's one way. And also like the way that Blau does it where, you know, we don't need a label. We're just going to mint our own album and we're just going to give it to the fan base. And whatever ends up getting streamed, it goes back to the community. I think yeah. so there's two different ways to look at it. And I think it's pretty interesting. And I think once the bigger, like, you know, I would say labels and conglomerates come into the space, it's really going to really going to uh, take shape, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. C- could you tell me how to spell Bilal's name? Uh, it's three, number three, and then L-A-U. That's interesting, but then um, it still it still makes me think that if somebody were to um, take the model that you said, like uh, Bilal and Mint, um, put a cap on the NFTs of a song or like digital music, that somebody like that, in order to make money, still needs to have like a sizable fan base and following, right? That, that's what I'm saying, but but again. Um... I think with somebody like Blau, who has millions of followers, it makes mm-hmm. sense for you to want to purchase his album, right? Yeah. Right? Because, but again, like for me, my perspective is like, even though I'm not at Blau's level, mm-hmm. me being able to like, let's say, give out exclusive music just for my fan mm-hmm. base, even if it gets pirated mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you still own like the ownership. And as a fan, like, why wouldn't you want to support your artist, right? And you're mm-hmm. kind of own a piece of his brand. That, that's kind mm-hmm. of like what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think like it, it's it's a very fresh way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, we're like kind of the early adapt, uh, adapters of this. And right. a lot of us uh, DJs and musicians right now are also going into a lot of different NFT projects uh, that are not, NFT, uh, not, mm-hmm. not music related. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like spreading our seeds into the art community per se right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, it's cool. You know, it's just kind of like spreading your, your fan base out to different different i would say like sectors of industry that we we were mm-hmm. never being able to uh, tap into before you know, right so technology your fan are, base, yeah right and i think it's great i think it's something like more exposure bridging right but bridging different gaps uh mm-hmm. different industries together and that's mm-hmm. why i i really really like this nft community like it's been it's been a journey the past uh wow it's been almost like eight months now the past eight months it's been a journey mm-hmm. just learning the learning about the technology but also yeah, just meeting so many different kinds of people. You know, I meet mm-hmm. I meet a lot of interesting people on a daily basis just being in I'm the sure. States. Yeah. I've also noticed that there are um, very particular terms being used when it comes to NFT. Like whenever you hear about an NFT being released or something, I hear the term NFT drop, like the NFT is going to drop. Yeah. Um, can, what can you tell me about NFT culture and lingo? You know what's you know what's funny is um I I just started learning the lingo only like a few months ago I'd say <laughs> yeah. and and now like you know I've started using it in my daily life but it's very <laughs> similar to sneaker culture that's uh, what that's what I think because like you hmm. know whenever we had like you know like a very like popular shoe like you know release we call mm-hmm. that a drop right hmm. you know what I'm saying so like like yeah. it's like let's say like the new Jordans like it's dropping so hmm. it's s- same terms in my opinion. Oh, okay. um, however, like I, I um, the difference between NFTs is they use a lot of crypto talk because at the end of oh. the day, 
NFTs are backed by cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So uh, all the all the um, language that's being used is actually from crypto. And now for a short break. Talking Taiwan is the longest running Taiwan related podcast, and we are dedicated to bringing you stories connected to Taiwan and Taiwan's global community. Help us to grow and continue producing engaging content by making a contribution on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan. So let's talk about um, your first NFT. I believe you're talking about that in Clubhouse. Um, was that the first, in that Clubhouse talk that I caught you and was that the yeah. first uh, NFT that you created? The red, the red one, right? Yes. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can you yeah. talk about the concept? Like, how did you come up with it? Yeah, sure. And like, you collaborated with artists. Like, talk about that process. Sure. So basically, I was on this incredible album. Um, I would uh, around and it dropped around May. Um, actually, end of April. End of April. Um, and uh, it was it was called the Red Album. Um, and I don't know if you know Red, but it's this uh, foundation. Um, that raises money for AIDS in Africa, like to cure AIDS in Africa. And it started, it started um, by the lead singer of U2, Bono. Um, he's it's actually his um, charity, and uh, it's it's been around for a long time. And uh, um, and so anytime you see these red headphones or red, um, I would say Apple products in um, yeah, even yeah, the yeah, red iPhones, right, right in Apple. I mean those mm -hmm. those actually when you purchase it. Um, uh, partial proceeds go towards this cause so right. they've been in this for a long time and mm -hmm. uh, the first album red album was released in 2012 and mm -hmm. actually i actually bought that album so oh, it was wow. kind of crazy that like back yeah. then i was buying the album and now you know mm -hmm. i was uh, able to be a part of it um but uh yeah they reached out they they were just like we really love your music and the style of music that i made was kind of mm -hmm. like perfect for what they were looking for and they didn't have anybody representing from Asia. So they just thought like a good fit. And uh, mm -hmm. this this time, uh, so initially the album in 2012 onwards, it was just like, you know, DJs and singers coming together and just giving them like a track to put on an album, you know. But this time they did something really different, which which is why like I was like so excited about it. They allowed us to remix uh, some of the biggest artists from Nigeria and their hit songs um and yeah that's why it was a little bit different this time so it was just like not us just you know throwing a song together but it was like us remix remixing these you know these hit songs from nigeria and remixing it in our own way and putting it together on an album you know and virgil abloh the founder of off-white he was on it myself like sophie tucker uh unique like just very 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 amazing artists and we were all part of this like huge album so mm -hmm. because I was so inspired making the songs, um, uh, the song, sorry, um, and also just the initiative, because this year uh, the album went not towards uh, just towards AIDS, but also for COVID-19, mm -hmm. you know, and I've always right. been like really into charity. Um, and so I, I just thought it was a great project to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I could probably do more to raise money. So mm -hmm. because I was exploring and wanting to do my NFT drop already, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just doing it for profit, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my NFT drop based on this charity and driving money uh, to also just like kind of add on, you know? So we decided to do the first NFT art project um, based on Red. And I found this uh, amazing visual artist, uh, 3D artist, this young kid named Johnny. And uh, he did the 3D art, but I actually did the initial sketches. And mm -hmm. I also wrote the music for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were able to raise quite a bit of money for it. 
uh, how did for, you find Johnny? Yeah. I was actually introduced to to him through my old manager. Mm-hmm. But the moment that I saw his art, I was like, oh, man, this this kid is so talented. And mm-hmm. he's also worked with a lot of uh, famous uh, DJs in the scene already. Uh, Marshmallow, oh. Rez. Um, mm. So, you know, he already had like, you know, a good, uh, you know, I would say great. Uh, what's it called like great, great work already. Like I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. like great reputation. So it was just like a no brainer for me to work with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it worked I out s- well. Yeah, when I found out about you and him uh, from Clubhouse, I did, of course, look at his Instagram. It's really interest- interesting. He has a very unique style. He's great, yeah. And uh, recently, we actually collaborated on another one. I don't know if you were aware of that. Um, wh- what was the what was It was that also project? another charity one. Um, mm-hmm. So this was done by Origin Protocol. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually for the... The, the last SpaceX um, launch. I don't know if you yeah. knew about that. The Inspiration yeah, 4. Yeah, I did yeah. see that on your Instagram. Yeah, tell right. me about so, it. So Inspiration 4, um, I don't know if you knew, but the entire, the entire um, um, what's called Voyage is based on a, the St. Jude's uh, charity. Mm-hmm. So um, um, Dr. Proctor, who is the, the head, like the lead astronaut in, in on this mm-hmm. mission, She's also involved in this NFT job as well. So she submitted art as well as uh, a lot of artists from the NFT community as well. And mm-hmm. we sold these NFTs uh, 100% profit. And um, just whatever the, whatever we made, we just give, give back to St. Jude. And the, the, the collaboration that um, Johnny and I did actually raised just on our own. I think it sold for 3.7 ETH, which is like, I think, close to like $13,000. So oh, nice. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad chunk of change. And I and I think this whole NFT drop as a whole, we were able to raise about two hundred thousand. So we, you know, it was it was for pretty the space cool. NFT. Like, yeah, j- just for the origin drop. Right? Oh yeah, for the Saint yeah. Jude's. Correct. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I mean, this year alone, like I've done two NFT charity, you know, driven drops, and mm-hmm. and it's been it's been it's been awesome, you know, and like. Um, and that's, that's why, you know, there might be, you know, obviously some controversy, uh, uh, controversy for, for NFTs, but, you know, we were able, able to also like, you know, utilize it in a way of charity. And I think yeah. NFTs for charity is something that has worked, um, very well, actually. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are really util- utilizing NFTs mm-hmm. in this market for charity. Mm-hmm. So. Um, can you talk a little bit about the mechanics, like how you actually create the M- NFT and collaborate with Johnny and then how you actually make it for sale? I, I know you're probably not like the most technical person because I imagine yeah, that's, you have a team. So I'm going but... to tell you, I'm going to tell yeah. you the, the easier way, easiest way possible. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, so basically like, you know, you create a piece of art or piece of music, uh-huh. right? And then you would have to go on a platform to mint it. So once, so you, you could just basically upload a video or a picture and it's a super easy process, right? And then behind, behind these, like when you fill these f- uh, forms out, when you press send, it, it gets, there's a thing called a smart contract that gets written and mm-hmm. that's kind of like your ledger and it gets put mm-hmm. onto a blockchain mm-hmm. and anyone can like see this contract. It's, it's public. Mm-hmm. Everything is public mm-hmm. knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's like the, the the process. And when and when things get sold, um, it, it, so it's just just like a ledger. So like I I am the person who made it, and any person that gets you know it gets sold to, throughout throughout time, it, it will forever be on this blockchain on this ledger. That's really the easiest way to kind of like explain it. And there's multiple platforms uh, across across this um, 
the NFT market right now. So it just really depends on like who you work with, uh, what platform you you end up like wanting to drop your NFTs with, right? And most NFT markets are you know open to the public. Some aren't, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. really depends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I know that there is a lot of promotion and events surrounding your first NFT. Can you talk about like the promotions and events that you um, did connected with the sale of the first NFTs? Yeah, well, I mean, that was just something that I just wanted to do, right? Because okay. just just to educate the, I would say the Taiwan, Taipei, uh, essentially just the market here, because mm -hmm. I, I was I was obviously you know the first DJ musician to do this out of this country, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to kind of like you know educate some of my friends who weren't aware of NFTs, but also to kind of try to raise money, um, because it, we did that event. Um, on the day of the drop. So we had 24 mm -hmm. hours to sell the product. Mm -hmm. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, just is that get people usually more how it is you only have 24 hours to sell? No, you you literally can do it. Um, however many hours you want. Oh, okay. Just like any auction. Oh, I see. Um, some people do these like, um, very short auctions where it's like five mm -hmm. minutes, even, you know, mm -hmm. it just oh, it really depends on yeah, it just really, de it just really depends <laughs> on, on. <laughs> right. It just really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Right? Um, for us, like, we wanted to do something a little bit longer. So sure. I had more time to, you know, I had more time to talk about it on, um, you know, on Clubhouse or, you know, whatever, um, you know, way I wanted to push the uh, push the NFTs. You know, it just it just really depends on the artist, mm -hmm. depends on the project. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're usually able to pick the time time frame. Also, you know, Taiwan um, last year was the safe haven for COVID. So a, a yes. lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of mm -hmm. NFT crypto people were here, mm -hmm. and also why, like, you know, I kind of hopped into the space as well. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of creatives. Mm -hmm. Um, that were usually not here. And I, I was able to kind of like learn a lot from them. It, it, this place became kind of like the Silicon Valley hub for a while. <laughs> right. So I think that kind of like helped kind of open my eyes. What other NFTs are you working on? I, I imagine you're working on something, the next thing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of helping out two um, big, uh, I would say like projects right now. One is Oni Force um, and the other one is Ethereals. I'm helping both of them out right now. Mm -hmm. I kind of do a lot of the community drive. Uh, driving like engagement for them mm -hmm. so i just hype up their projects but also i do these like weekly shows for them on on the live stream as well now so it's like it's a little bit different because you know sometimes like nfts tend to tend to get a little bit boring in my opinion uh -huh. so it's just good to you know have the community come and watch a show and vibe and you know kind of forget about the money side of things right because a lot of people get too uh, into the earning money through nfts as well right now and you know it kind of yeah. gets yeah, it kind of gets like for me, like I, I like NFTs for the creativity. So I'm just trying to help spread uh, positivity through music and, and kind of like having people just come in and just forget about things for a little bit. You know, hmm. I think mental health is really important. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, like you said, um, my personal drops that I'm working on right now, I'm working on a few. I'm not really allowed to talk about it, but okay. there are a lot of there are a lot of things sure. coming up. Um, I am yeah. doing a big merch drop um, soon. Mm -hmm. That's going to be connected and tied to NFTs, and it's mm -hmm. going to have a lot of utilities. Meaning, um, the uh, whoever buys buys these NFTs will have a lot of uh, benefits. Um, mm -hmm. That's going to come from me. Oh. So, yeah. So that's one I'm working on. The meaning other meaning that they'll of, actually get physical merch. Physical merch, but also like an NFT, like as a token. So as right. long as you hold that token, you hold like kind of like benefits for like right. future sales or maybe for yeah. shows or something like yeah. i don't I'm not, i haven't really you know figured out figured that out yet but like Very a lot yeah so a lot of artists are doing 
uh, kind of utility based uh, NFT drops. So if you purchase like an NFT from like, let's say like a famous artist, you'll, you'll hold utilities to go to their shows and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of another way that uh, um, NFTs are being used right now mm-hmm. by musicians. Can you tell me a bit more about OniForce and Ethereals? How do you spell them? OniForce, zero and one force. Okay. Um, they were, they're probably one of the most hyped projects right now, um, profile po- picture projects right now in the market. Uh-huh. Um, they, and they're the first anime-based NFT project. So, like, if you look at their um, profile picture, it's it's really, really beautiful aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And I've recently been uh, made a Onikai, which is kind of like the highest ranking, <laughs> I would say, like, member um, that you can be. Like, the other person, that um, the first Onikai was actually Steve Aoki. I'm the second one. Mm. Oh, so, wow. like, all of us kind of, like... Um, you know, because the rest of the rest of the, I would say the members of the community are people that purchase the NFTs, which mm-hmm. I was too, mm-hmm. but because I, you know, I, I feel like I've been providing a lot of mm-hmm. efforts to push their brand. They made, mm-hmm. they made me a Onikai mm-hmm. recently, um, last oh, week, actually. What an honor. <laughs> um, yeah. So they basically made my own profile picture, like my own, my own Oni. It's a one of one. Wow. So it's pretty cool. So if you go on my Instagram, you can check it out yeah. or Twitter. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. that profile picture is, is, uh, my Oni. So awesome. And yeah, Ethereals we'll recently dropped as well. It's this uh, and how ghost, do you spell that? Uh, so Ethereals, like E T H E R A L S, Ethereals. Uh-huh. Yeah, R E yeah R E A L S. Sorry, R E A L S. My bad. Okay. Ethereals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah. So um. That's like uh another you know profile picture art based uh, NFT project, mm-hmm. and uh, it's done by uh the art is all hand drawn by um this artist called Jimmy Danko. He's he's amazing. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just helping them out as well. I, um, one of the founders of Oni is actually part of the Ethereum as well. So that's kind of like it's all kind of interconnected oh, a little okay. bit. Yeah, yeah. You should go check okay. them out as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, very, the sure. art is very amazing. You also purchase NFTs, right? Like, yeah, correct. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you talk about um, how you decide what to buy and why you oh, buy yeah. them? And that's the, the, and let me tell you that that is that is uh, the hardest question. Because <laughs> there are so many projects popping up left and right right now. Yeah. So it is really hard to follow. And, you know, these NFT mm-hmm. projects are not cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and, and uh, a lot of people purchase NFTs like stocks. So you, you purchase it hoping that, you know, the stock rises, right? And, and what's different about NFTs is, um, so, the, so Oniforce, Ethereum, all these projects I'm talking about, like Bored Apes, these are profile picture-based NFTs. So there's a picture value to each of these um um, i would say nfts that you purchase and uh when you first mint these like it's kind of like a raffle in a sense so Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're going to get right Mm -hmm. so so that's why that's it's kind of exciting um because it's kind of like really so it's like kind of blind you don't know well if you buy a secondary sales you know exactly what you're buying but by that Uh time there's a value to each of the picture because there's a rarity right Uh so that's why you people want to hop into projects before they launch and get on a whitelist so that you can get in before everybody else. But at the end of the day, it's all randomized. So really? you don't know what so you're if you, yeah. If, yeah. You, if you try to, if you purchase an NFT, you don't know what you're going to get. Like maybe there's um, unless, you know... unless, unless it's on OpenSea, um, huh. for example, on secondary sales. Why would right? somebody do that? If you no, because that, that, or... that's the no, that's the fun of it, right? Because really? it's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> like op- it's kind of like uh, opening up a pack of Pokemon cards, 
right? Oh. You don't know. You don't know what you're gonna get. Am I right? Well, you know, like there's a what the range of possibilities, but you don't know exactly. Yeah, which there is a range of get. possibilities yeah. though, because yeah. there's a cap to yeah. it. Right. So um, there's, hmm. you know, there's 5,000 projects, there's hmm. like 7,000 projects, hmm. 10,000 projects. Hmm. So within that 10,000 pool, maybe there's like a top 100 rarity. But if you end up pulling that, you're going to be able to, you know, flip that for a very, very expensive price. Oh. So that's why it's driving a lot of people <clears throat> into these uh, profile picture projects. Interesting. Right. So there's a lot of different kinds of NFTs. I mean, what I'm talking yeah. about right now are the profile picture projects and um, the reason that you're buying, you know, into these NFT projects is not just because of, you know, these pictures uh, behind these pictures, behind these projects. There's a lot of roadmaps. Right. So these uh, these uh, groups, these projects are promising people who purchase the projects like a, a bunch of utility. So, like, let's say, um, for example, only force, you know, like they, they promise mm -hmm. their holders like at 25% sale, 50% sales, like a comic book drop or, mm -hmm. you know, like a merchandise drop, things like that. Does that make sense? So if you mm -hmm. hold, if you hold these NFTs, you get a lot of benefits, but mm -hmm. a lot of people are in it to just to flip it for like, you know, for a higher yeah. cost or whatever. Sure. So it just, it really depends on what you're looking for. Like for yeah. me, yeah, of course I want to make some profit, but I'm in it for a community, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm in it to meet more people to mm -hmm. engage with a community mm -hmm. and to build my fan base through a community. So it's, it just really depends on what you're looking for. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but then there's also, to... yeah, go ahead, mm -hmm. go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no. Continue. I don't want to interrupt. Oh, and uh, I'm saying, but that's a profile picture, uh, NFT market. There's also the, the art market as well, where people are selling one of one art pieces for very expensive prices, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. auction, you know, like, like how you buy a uh, painting, same thing. So there's different the different kinds of markets, you know. So it just yeah, it really depends. So when you say profile picture, you do you mean literally like somebody does a profile photo of someone or some person? No, no, it's like a it's a JPEG of like <laughs> let's say like a. So for Oni Force, it's like an anime anime based like picture, but okay. it's all randomly generated. Okay. Right. So as in like the artist will pick a certain amount of traits mm -hmm. and they put it into this program and it randomizes okay. it. Oh. So you don't know what you're going to get. Even, hmm. even the people who, who oh. made the art doesn't know what you're going to get. Wow. So that's why it's so cool. Oh. So you don't know what kind of rarity you're going to get. Right. So it's, it's very exciting. Oh, wow. Does I'm that make sense? <laughs> and, and, but then like the top 100 rarity, usually those are, those are already made pre-made, but uh -huh. the rest of them are not. So okay. a lot of people go into this, you know, trying to get these like super rare ones because they either, you know, they can sell for a lot or you yeah. can keep it for like you right. know, a year or something. And it right. goes, you know, up in value if it ends right. up being like a blue chip project. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm talking about with a profile picture project. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say profile picture is because literally if you go on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen a lot of people posting like pictures of NFTs they bought as a profile picture. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, um, you know, kind of, flexing like what kind of uh, profile picture you're able to purchase yeah. or what kind of project you're involved in uh -huh. because at the end of the day i think right now social media is probably the the highest valued um asset that anyone has in my opinion mm -hmm. right if you're mm -hmm. famous on social media mm -hmm. i feel like that's sometimes more uh bigger than even monetary value in my opinion right now mm -hmm. so why mm -hmm. not spend money on your profile picture mm -hmm. right like for example why would people obsess over getting a blue check mark on Instagram or Twitter? Right. 
it's the same thing in my yeah. opinion mm-hmm. right interesting so, okay. yeah and that's that's the way you have to look at it so it's kind of like yeah. when somebody that you know has a lot of uh you know crypto ends up buying a super expensive piece of a like a art like a profile picture you know people in the community are going to talk about it so it's not just buying the the picture just to buy you're also kind of giving yourself exposure right G- giving yourself yeah. a bigger network now i understand yeah. the terminology yeah. exactly okay yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm glad i asked yeah don't worry it's like trust me like i am i'm still a student in the game and i try to yeah. always explain it to people in a way that they will understand because sometimes yeah. when i talk to people that are in the technology side it, can, yeah. it confuses me so i always yeah. try to explain yeah. it in the way that i understand it and I'm definitely yeah. not explaining it like in super detailed like uh, form, but no, yeah. I think you understand mm-hmm. it, you know. And I yes, think like the yes, way yeah. that I understand it, um, ninety ninety nine percent of the people that I explain it to understand it. So right, yeah, right. So yeah, and so going back to like um, the NFTs that you purchased, can you talk about like what you've purchased and how you decided to purchase? So I'm a very careful shopper. I don't like mm-hmm. to invest or um, put money into things I don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, the one of the biggest profile picture projects that's selling for a lot is called the Board Apes Yacht Club. I had an opportunity to buy in in May, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't ready back then. I mean, these mm-hmm. things are, the floor price is like 30, 40 ETH right now. You know, that's like mm-hmm. 100 grand for a, a, mm-hmm. a profile picture. It's insane, wow. you know, and like yeah. they were able to achieve this in like less than four months. Incredible. Right. But um, with that said, um, Oni Force was the first, I would say, profile picture project I really like uh bought into and the reason is because one the art spoke to me and second the artist behind oni force is actually my friend from jakarta okay so he was the one who was like hey man i'm like you know doing this project check it out and uh, i actually went on discord and and i actually had to fight for a pre-sale i didn't even ask him for favors you know like (sighs) i I really wanted to like immerse myself Uh in the community and learn you know Uh and um because i i spent so much time in there to get these pre-sales and you know, got so involved in the community, um, it was super beneficial for me. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of built a new fan base through Only Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, and I don't think I would kind of, e- I wouldn't have dug even deeper into the uh, into this uh, NFT like scene unless I did that. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, that was like a pretty big purchase. Uh, I, I purchased like five. And you know, like the yeah. first week, it, it went from the mint, the mint was zero point seven something like that and then the first week it went all the way up to seven ETH. you know like it went up in huge value. i mean if you want to talk about that in like you know like fiat like usd like Mm -hmm. it was like 250 dollars right and in the first week the value went up to something like twenty five thousand dollars for the cheapest only you know so that's why like nfts and this this whole like crypto I would say like movement is just attracting so many people mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess like obviously for monetary reasons, but also, you know, like for, for a digital artist in the past, it wasn't as easy to sell your product like this. Yeah. So I think a lot of artists are hopping into the space because, mm-hmm. because of that reason too, like they're mm-hmm. able to get exposure for their art, actually, you know, make, you know, make money on their art. Like mm-hmm. no, like, like never before. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, the, I would say it's like the new Renaissance right now. Yeah. But a lot of people I've heard are even just worried about crypto in general, because, you know, how do you protect your crypto, like uh, your key or whatever you call it, if you lose it. And 
Well, it's, um, the, it's the same thing with NFTs, right? Like a, a lot yeah, of people are getting exactly. hacked right now. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be, you know, we always say that you have to get, you have to get a hardware wallet. So like a, yep. like a heart, like a, like a, like a ledger, right? That you can yeah. like, it's like a USB. Yeah. So you just like yeah. make sure you protect yeah. all your assets on a USB, multiple USBs and um, yeah. And just protect it that way. Right. Um, because there yeah. are like crazy hackers out there that, that can access your stuff. And I yeah. think like that's, that's another, um, I would say, field that they're going to have to really like start getting deeper into like how do you protect people's acts you know assets like what is what is the future for security mm-hmm. you know on this yeah, new technology the people so, who are old school are really worried about that like you know what if right. something gets lost or whatever and right, then right. you just lose access to it forever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah like I, saying, I completely like, get it yeah and i think that's yeah. something that a lot of people are worried about you know so yeah. i think um they're i i know for sure um they're definitely gonna have a lot more regulations coming in the next yeah. few years mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of security companies that are going to come yeah. in and, oh, and sure. definitely, definitely help there's out a big so I think, opportunity. yeah and i think you know this is this is the future right now you know and so just like when the internet first came out in the you know late 90s like i mean there weren't there was still no regulations back then either and mm-hmm. right now we're kind of seeing like kind of like that movement the same kind of mm-hmm. movement um through crypto and nfts so mm-hmm. i think as time goes on there's going to be more regulations, more security. And so I'm not too worried about it right now, but yeah. I am obviously, you know, doing everything I can to protect my assets, you know, the, the best yeah. I can. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's pretty funny because I was doing research for this and um, the Daily Show did a um, something. He, there was a clip on YouTube about NFTs and it was pretty funny. He was saying like, well, you know, the NFT is basically like um, powered by the server or whatever. And what if something happens to the server, somebody kicks it out or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. happens to this, it's just poof, it's gone. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. So. There is always that fear, but I think there are ways to protect yourselves. You know, I mean, there's yeah. there's ways on these uh, mm-hmm. bigger platforms to do like um, mm-hmm. triple authentication and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's just whether or not you're going to yeah. put the effort in, right? So, so some people don't and effort in to protect your assets, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, you are, you are still responsible for your own assets. So you do have to kind of like do your uh, due diligence and make sure that you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I wanted to like, uh, and we've already gone, kind of gone into this space to talk about some of the controversy about NFTs. You know, there's a lot of naysayers. And so I wonder, like, what do you think? um, Do you think that the average person or like just, or like, uh, at least an artist or a creative person um, who's creating some kind of art, whether it's like a visual or like um, audio, like music or something that can be digitized, but who doesn't necessarily have a large following um, or any following. Do you think that they could create and sell an NFT successfully? No, of course. I mean, let me tell you, um, half of the people that I know from the NFT space did not have any following before they jumped into the NFT space. And if anything, that's the reason for jumping into the NFT space, right? Because to get exposure, to get exposure. Exactly. And mm. and, and the best way to do this is by joining a community. Like I said, like mm. joining a profile picture community, right? Because mm. you have to understand, like we're all on discord together. We all support each other. Mm. And that's the easiest way for you people to people that are like new to the scene to jump in. And like you make network uh, connections that way, right? So I think like that's 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 why I'm telling a lot of people who are, you know, new to the to the market to just join a profile picture community, like 
NFT project and just vibe and, and meet people. Even if you don't yeah. have the capital to like, to I be mean, buying a profile picture or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of communities out there. Not every single one is going to cost you that much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are smaller mm -hmm. ones that you can you go in for like a hundred bucks and it's kind of like a club membership, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So as long mm -hmm. as you hold that token, you're, you're, you know, you're mm -hmm. in the community forever. Mm -hmm. And honestly, anyone can jump into any discord server then mm -hmm. uh, be engaged with the community too without mm -hmm. owning a NFT. Like people are right. very friendly. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really up to you, right? I think it's kind of like, this is a exciting, um, very fast paced community um, that is right now based on a lot of digital art and art in general. So I think as an artist, you got to kind of like go go with the time and, and kind of expand, right? Well, it's interesting what you say, because that sounds like that could be a way to kind of dip your toe in the waters just to get into one of these Discord communities and maybe just engage and like right. familiarize yourself and get some understanding before you invest or whatever. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I told you, I was, you know, kind of in and out of different NFT discords for months before I joined OniForce, <laughs> just to kind of like <laughs> feel it out to learn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I learned a lot just by talking to people in there. So, yeah. I feel like it's it's just really on you whether or not you want to take that time um, yeah. to just talk to these people, right? Right. I think a lot of the people that are the naysayers, a lot of the old school artists, um, one, they just don't understand the technology yeah. maybe. And right. two, they just don't want to put in the time. And mm -hmm. they just, they think that, you know, it's taking away value from their art. But in reality, mm -hmm. why not mm -hmm. express your art in a new way? That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Because I think like if you just sometimes are too much of a purist, you're really mm -hmm. not going to expand into this new generation, right? Mm -hmm. This new generation of buyers, you know, are obsessed with the internet. So I think mm -hmm. the reason for also the spike in digital art um, and this profile picture, um, I would say um, um, NFTs is because mm -hmm. of that. Like a lot of the mm -hmm. NFT buyers are very like young people, like teenagers right. all the way up to their, you know, like early 20s. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for them, like a profile, like I said, social media profile pictures are very important. I think yeah. it's, that's why it's also attracting a lot of these, uh, younger, younger generation to mm -hmm. hop in the space. And also why, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of artists like in the thirties and forties are finding a lot of success right now because they've been, mm -hmm. you know, doing this, you know, a digital art for a long time or, you know, mm -hmm. just physical art. And now they're getting, you know, the recognition that they deserves, but, uh, through NFTs because they're putting like right. value, a high value mm -hmm. to their art. So I think it's, I think it's a good thing, you know? So yeah. it sounds like you would, um, because my, my next question was, would you recommend that musicians or songwriters create NFTs to make money with their original music? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it's not just like as easy as you think to just make an NFT right. and for it to sell. Like you do have yeah. to have a, one, a following and two, yes. you have to kind of be tapped into the community. Like, mm -hmm. and I think like some of the naysayers are also people who just maybe tried to do an NFT and it didn't mm -hmm. sell. But in mm -hmm. reality, if you're not tapped into the NFT community, who are your buyers? Am I right? Yeah. So that's why like building your, your network within the community is so vital. Like I, I, I haven't really sold any of my NFTs for profit yet because my mm -hmm. stuff was based on charity. But now mm -hmm. that I've, you know, I'm a lot more tapped into the community. If I do like an NFT merch drop, it will definitely sell. Yeah, but that, know, but, yeah, but that took months of work, you know. Right. So you got to put in the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you say is the risk of trying to do that? I mean, 
you mentioned this yes there's a lot of work you have to connect with the community but then what would be what would be the risk I mean, I, I don't really see it as risk, though, because because, you know, like for me, I'm so deep into the NFT community. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do this, this drop as an NFT. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in reality, an NFT, like I just or I've already split the profits with artists. Mm-hmm. So whatever ends up selling, I'm just going to split the profits with my artists and I deliver the NFT to or the merchandise to the community. So there is really isn't much risk for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is more of a risk for people buying than the creators, in my opinion, oh, right? Because okay. you don't know which projects are going to take off mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it is kind of a gamble, right? Mm-hmm. And if you really believe in that project, you think it's going to do well, you did your research, then, you know, it's a safer investment. But mm-hmm. I think the risk comes into like how you're going to invest it to a, a certain projects, mm-hmm. right? Some of the hi- really hyped up projects online sometimes don't do well yeah. because because the following and, and the community is not organic. Mm-hmm. So I tend to kind of lean towards uh, communities um, that are organic, that have less of a following, that ends up taking off uh, naturally, right? So, I mean, it just really depends on if you're trying to, you know, make some fast money or not, right? Does, does yeah. that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm also wondering, um, what about the environmental impact of creating NFTs? You know, we've had influencers like Elon Musk say that, um, what is it, that uh, cryptocurrency is like envir- bad for the environment, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I'm just going to say this for listeners who don't understand in the simplest way that I can explain it is the process of creating NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain requires tons of electricity that's used by millions of computers that are running continuously as they try to solve complex equations and authenticate complex transactions. So knowing that all this um, electricity and energy is being expended, how can one rationalize creating NFTs when you know that it's creating such a huge carbon footprint? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually like, um, I'm, I'm actually also kind of like an avid, uh, I would say like believer that NFTs and also just like, you know, cryptocurrency in general, like they need to figure this out. Yeah. So I I'm with you there. Like I, I, but I, but again, there are a lot of other things out there that are also kind of emitting, you know, I would say like carbon, carbon, like gas and stuff. Yeah. So it's not sure. just NFTs or mm-hmm. like crypto. So mm-hmm. just because NFTs and crypto are making so much money, I think, that's why people are kind of like against it right now. But in reality, there's a lot of other environmental issues that we need to figure yeah. out as well. But I do believe that, you know, there's a lot of people behind uh, NFTs and crypto that are trying to figure out right now. You know, like, for example, like Ethereum 2.0 is coming out next year. And one of the things that we're trying to figure out is how to emit like less um, carbon. So I right. think they, they are they are on the way of, of trying to figure it out, figure that out right now. So I think... Um, Again, this is this is a very very touchy topic, and yeah. I, I do I do I I am on, I am on the side of the environment though. I, I think they do need to figure it out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, right now, you know, NFTs and the you know it are are really helping a lot of artists out right now. So it's kind of it's kind of like a fifty fifty for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So it, it's it's like really hard for me to kind of yeah. I mean, it's like weighing like the cost this benefit. A bit. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's kind of like mm-hmm. like let me tell you. Like, I mean, NFTs have saved a lot of lives uh, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it has been a positive, you know, positive mm-hmm. thing. But also, yes, I do agree. They need to figure out this environmental side as well. So 
yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's a really tough one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really tough. Let, well, let's just yeah. hope that you know people are aware of this and that the envir environmental impact can be mitigated as people think about ways to use cleaner energy sources. And yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm -hmm, percent. Um, so are there any other notable DJs creating NFTs or artists like specifically in Asia that you'd like to mention or give a shout out to? Man, I, I really, I have to tell you, I don't know a single uh, artist from Asia that's really um, creating <laughs> NFTs right now at the moment. I am wow. pretty much the only one um, wow. that I know of. Mm -hmm. And that's actually in the Western NFT community. Like I'm hmm. pretty much the only one. So hmm. that's why I'm kind of like trying to spearhead this right now. Mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. to give more exposure and also kind mm -hmm. of get into the community first so that i can help mm -hmm. others you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in, in some ways i'm I'm kind of pioneering this right now well yeah you are <laughs> yeah. yeah um what advice would you have for um others who want to create nfts or get into this space um you need to do your research and you need to study right i, I think um you have to understand what blockchain technology is before you really understand what NFTs are. Cause, cause mm -hmm. it goes, obviously it's, it goes hand in hand. Right. And, and also you kind of need to research cryptocurrency because that's literally what we're spending, like what we're buying NFTs with. So I think you need to do your research on cryptocurrency. You need to do your research on NFTs and blockchain and do enough research and hop into like a, you know, like a project, uh, vibe and and get to know the community before you I, I would say like create an nft i think like you creating an nft off the bat is a big mistake like for me even though it worked out for me i it was a it was a really like hard path for me to drop that nft because mm. i didn't know enough yet mm. you know what i mean like i thought i was just selling art but in reality there was so much more wow. but i'm glad that i did it because um it kind of pushed me to to really like learn and now, you know, now looking back, you know, that was back in May. I've learned so much in the past five months. Like, like everybody says, um, when you're in the NFT world, it, it just moves fast. Like a day yeah. seems like a yeah. week, you know, mm -hmm. a week seems like a year. So mm -hmm. it, it really goes that fast, that pace. So you're going to have to like really just put your, immerse yourself in, in uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the, in the scene. Yeah. What would you say that you learned from that first drop? Like, were there, are there any mistakes or any like key learnings from that? Yeah, first definitely drop? a lot of mistakes. Um, I definitely priced my art way too high. I oh. definitely needed to, because one, like I told you, I wasn't that tapped into the community yet. Mm -hmm. So it was really difficult to really sell some of the high priced, uh, art, artworks. Right. So if you mm -hmm. priced it at a more affordable, um, price, mm -hmm. we would probably sold more. That was one of the mistakes that I made. And two, I kind of did it with a blockchain um, platform that was mm -hmm. virtually not known. So that definitely didn't help. Um, the blockchain platform was not known? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, called Thundercore. I mean, I appreciate mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. for, you know, mm -hmm. what they they did mm -hmm. for me. But it, mm -hmm. was, it wasn't as successful, I'd say, because I didn't do it with, like, let's say, like OpenSea or, mm -hmm. you know, um, Nift Gateway or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But um, I don't. I don't really call it a mistake per se. Like I'm, I just they see it as like a learning curve for me. Yeah, and sure. I'm just I'm just glad I did it uh, because uh, that was kind of like my way into getting to know everybody on Clubhouse too. Like I, I was yeah. never active on Clubhouse until that, that yeah. job, yeah. and I was able to meet a lot of the creators that I I call my friends mm -hmm. now in the NFT community mm -hmm. through that mm -hmm. through those Clubhouses. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
yeah, I don't think I think it was a win-win in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Well, with anything, there's a learning curve. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that um, it's also a good idea to go into these NFT discourses. Like, what is that? Disc it's Discord. Like, yeah, Discord. It's a like where can people find the? I imagine this is a kind of community. Like, where where can people go and find these do, communities? I mean, just you know, kind of get do you know, educated. Do you know what a Discord is? Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not. Oh, okay. I oh. haven't been. So in Discord. There. Discord is like uh, it's kind of like a platform. It started out yes. in gaming, but yes. you can basically like create your own server, right? So you can drive in your community and kind of like mm -hmm. you know, there's different like um, obviously chat rooms, I guess, mm -hmm. where they talk about different different kinds of mm -hmm. topics. Right. And you can mm -hmm. make announcements or news or whatever, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. on the on the server. So mm -hmm. uh, I first found out about it last year because a lot of the bigger DJs were using the servers as kind of like a place for fans to con uh, you know. Um, uh, congregate right right so but but again uh right now a uh, crypto and nft projects are using these servers as well for their for their um community mm -hmm. so best way to, the best way to get in is like i said download discord first obviously mm -hmm. and then go on twitter um search some projects for nft projects and then they usually have your discord um link there join mm -hmm. a community um mm -hmm. and then just go on the general chat and just and vibe it out and see see what they're talking about and see how you know what what people are doing you know and just kind of like learn from that way i think that's yeah. the easiest way yeah and most of the people that are in these servers are extremely friendly mm -hmm. especially the moderators and uh mm -hmm. they'll they'll tell you like if you're like hey i'm new to the nft market you know um I, i'm very interested in you know this project i love the art um what's what are some things that i should like learn about and there usually are um like ta uh, servers like channels in in these servers mm -hmm. that that actually like literally give you a breakdown step by step mm -hmm. of like if you're new to mm -hmm. nfts mm -hmm. here's like one two three and four or five or whatever mm -hmm. you know so it's very informative you know these servers yeah are there membership of membership fees involved in joining these communities not at all. I mean, these Discord oh, servers are free. So you can okay. literally just hop in and okay. just kind of get all this information for free. Mm -hmm. A lot of mm -hmm. YouTube um, mm -hmm. yep. videos and, and actually YouTube NFT um, mm -hmm. is very important. Actually, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, people doing like literally like talks on a daily basis about, you know, new projects coming out or what's mm -hmm. you know going on in their community, whatever. So um, if you really want to learn about like NFTs, not not through discord you can literally mm -hmm. go on youtube and search nfts and there's going to be a lot of information on there uh, but with oh, that yeah, said but it's yeah. but then you have to like and like because there's a lot of if you want to go down the rabbit hole there's a lot yeah, of yeah, negative yeah, yeah. stuff yeah, yeah of course of course but i mean there are there are some great ones that are that are mm -hmm. you know very very well respected as well so mm -hmm. uh, but again which like, ones would you say are well respected oh man oh i can't i can't i can't <laughs> tell you on the top of my head because i'm not i'm not really a big youtube oh, person to be honest like i, I, okay. I i'm more of like yeah. a community driven person so i, I sure. learn through the community sure right sure. so it just really depends on how you learn like for me i learn yeah. from people like actual yeah. people so yeah. i like i like to go in to discords and, and learn from the mm -hmm. people right or twitter yeah. even mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah that's just sense. how i was able to learn like i, I okay. like that uh, i like that human interaction still yeah, yeah 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 um but with that said like you said about the membership um i guess there is a membership which is buying the nfts right for a profile <laughs> right. picture project because okay. once you do purchase the nfts you are treated a little bit different because hmm. sure. you've already you've already invested into the group right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so people are definitely more willing to help if you're mm -hmm. buying into the project. So mm -hmm. I'd say mm -hmm. 
best way for you to do uh, or get into the NFT market, buy into a profile picture project or whatever NFT project, um, and then just learn from the community. I think it's the best mm -hmm. way. And if you don't want to spend that money at first, you want to do a little bit of learning, go on some of these servers, um, learn from the, you know, the, the information like that yeah. uh, that's given because mm -hmm. it's free. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so is there anything else that you want to talk about, uh, either about, um, what you do as a DJ or about the NFT space or uh, I'll give you some um, last chance to say some yeah. last words. <laughs> well, I'm, first of all, I'm really thankful uh, for, for this interview. It was, uh, it was really no, fun. Thank um, you. It's a huge education. You're, you're doing a service to people. Uh, my listeners also. No, no problem at all. I mean, I, I hope I was able to answer all your questions. Like I, I'm also, you know, still pretty fresh yeah. in this, this scene as well, but I'm trying right. to explain it the best way that I can. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I might be missing a lot of information, but, yeah. I'm just trying to give you as much as I understand in the easiest mm -hmm. way possible um, mm -hmm. without getting too technical, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, NFTs, you know, say what you want to say. It is fresh. It's new. It's created like this amazing new art movement. And there is so much creativity out there. Um, if you just immerse yourself in this technology as well as the scene, you're going to see a lot of cool stuff for real. So I think um, just, uh, yeah, just go on Twitter and, and even just go on these discords and just check it out. Um, I'm, I'm obviously like a huge believer in NFTs, but also because it's really saving a lot of, uh, a lot of lives, um, and a lot of artists lives right now, you know, and, uh, especially during this pandemic, I think we saw a spike because of that as well. So I'm just a believer. And I think, you know, in terms of environment, they're going to figure it out eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's too many right. smart people in the scene not to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for yeah, um, no sharing all of your experience and taking time out of your schedule. Where can people find or follow you? Yeah, so on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kakuberry, K-A-K-U-B-E-R-R-Y. And I'm also on Spotify, uh, just type in Kaku, and SoundCloud, DJ Kaku. And for the other platforms, like I, uh, what's called um, Apple Music, whatever, um, I'm sure if you type in Kaku, you'll find me. I'm, I'm on, I'm on everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for being on Talking Taiwan. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Kaku, a DJ based in Taiwan, who's a trailblazer in the NFT space. If you enjoy this episode, go on over to Audible or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. Tell a friend about us or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There we'll list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com. 